From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. We're back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, hour number three. Here we go. Braden Gunn, Barton Blair, Tom Free, and Diego hanging in the studio with you this morning. Everybody else is out in the woods or messing around on the water today. <clears throat> Beautiful Saturday. Of course, uh, Bill George is out at the uh, crazy turkey carnival that's going on out at uh, Green Swamp. Bill uh, is probably not going to be here either, either probably next weekend either. Because <laughs> he gets out there and he's... He just turns into Turkey Man. I mean, it just it gets crazy. He lives and breathes and everything out there at uh, Turkey Camp, and uh, they'll do extremely well out there because they put in the time and the effort, and uh, they're going to be out there uh, killing turkeys for about another week. So it's going to be crazy time out there. Uh, Mike is out in Homosassa doing what it is he's doing out there, running around, having a good old time. And I was going to say that uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, Bart, but mm. our good friend, um, uh, Mr. Travis, of course, the owner-operator of Bay Pines Marina, his son Kyle, did you see he started a new business? Yeah. The did you tiki see tours. the Tiki Tours, man? I'm like, dude, is it, are, we still too, are we too old to get summer jobs? No. <laughs> I would love to be a Tiki Tour boat operator. Uh, do, honestly, I think you probably get burnt out after about the third trip. Well, it depends on the people that are on board oh, the ship or on board the how, boat. How rummed up they get. Yeah, how rummed up. And uh, I, yeah, I, can, I can just see a, a bunch of, you know, uh, New Yorkers, you know, coming down, going out on the, te- you know, bringing guns, tiki tours. I, That'll, I, that'd work out real well. It, would, it, wouldn't, be, it, would, <laughs> it wouldn't be me, but uh, uh, I just wanted to give props to him. I mean, he's a young kid and uh, good on him for coming up with a great idea because apparently... Uh, he's already booked up almost solid uh, this time of year. I guess with with spring break, yeah. it's the best time to launch probably something like that. But uh, what he's doing for locals, if you're a local person who would like to go do a sunset type thing with just a, a few friends or something like that, I, I think he does like a, a two-hour little sunset tour at the end of the day. Whew, where I thought you, you were going to say three-hour tour. We all know how those things end up. Yeah. <laughs> end well, up, end up on uh, some deserted island with a professor and Marianne, and hey, I'll take Ma- I'll take Marianne and Ginger. I don't know about being marooned with Braden. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we wouldn't that's be there. Mu- that's too much competition for food. We wouldn't be there for very long. No, <laughs> uh, me and my children are the ones who actually watch Gilligan's Island. And go now. Why didn't they just blank, 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 <laughs> and, and get off of there? I mean, seriously. So you can make a radio out of coconuts, but yet you can't transmit with that? I, you know, I don't understand. You have a boat there. It has a hole in it. Patch the hole. Get your butt back out in the water. Drift. Do something. Didn't you ever read, uh, what was, uh, uh, not Alive, what was the other one that Dad made us read? The, what, the Contiki? Not the Contiki. The one where they were in the raft for 144 oh, days I, or whatever it was. or The husband and wife team. I can't remember. 
Savage That's, Survival was it? I can't uh, remember the name of the book. You know what's going to happen, right? We're going to get in the car on the way home, and instantaneously, the name of the title of the book is going to pop up. <clears throat> this is how our childhood went, Tom. <laughs> Here, read this book. This is about survival. I want you to read this and learn it. Oh, oh, okay. Read, <laughs> read this book. Yeah. It teaches you everything you can eat while you're walking around on your hands and knees out in the woods somewhere. Oh, oh, okay. Here, I'm going to give you flight lessons. All right, sweet. I'm going to learn how to fly a plane. <laughs> Seven lessons. Seven lessons in. So you know how to take off and land. Yep. Okay. Then you're we're done. know how to fly. Then we're done. <laughs> Remember this thing keeps your horizon up and down. That's all you need to know. You're good. <laughs> that way you can always escape and do what you got to do if you got to get out of a place in a hurry. Anybody know how to fly a plane? I can take off and land. Does that count? Yep. Get in. You're flying. Okay. We're out of here. But no. Uh, he's uh, Kyle has started uh, the St. Pete Tiki Tours. Is what it's called. He does have a Facebook page. So if you want to go and. Uh, Book yourself a nice little sunset cruise with just you and the kids or the family or something like that. You can do it. Uh, he does say that he has some sunset tours available, and those are uh, <clears throat> two hours. So you'll leave out of uh, Bay Pines Marina down there around the Tyrone Jungle Prada, you know, Bay Pines area. Bogusiega oh, Bay. Bogusiega. And head out and go out probably out through John's Pass and then uh, go do your thing and come back in and it's a good night. Can we stop and do some snook fishing at John's Pass? <clears throat> I, I I would think that Kyle would be okay with that. He's okay. a big time fisherman as well. So if you maybe showed up with a rod, you know, it'd be a good. And depending on the price, it could actually be a pretty cheap little <laughs> charter. Excuse me, sir. This is a booze cruise. I can do both. <laughs> <laughs> I brought hot dogs and uh split shot so we can drift a hot dog and I can have a reef donkey, so we're all good. <laughs> it's uh doing it that way. Sir, I am a professional at this. <laughs> but go out and uh check it out, St. Pete Tiki Tours. Uh he's a good kid and uh it's they're a great family, been there for a million years. And if you're looking for something to do, uh, especially on a night like tonight, would be probably yeah. pretty lovely. Yeah, uh, a little bit of clear skies. We got. Yeah, that's nice be and a... cool. Bring a jacket. Have a little toddy to keep you warm. You know, don't overindulge because you know you do have to get back to where you came from. Kind this of is thing. true. Uh, and it is spring break, and you are near the beach, and they are looking for that. <clears throat> and those usually those law enforcement agencies are on high alert this time of year. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that would be a good thing. But <clears throat> go out and give yourself a shot. St. Pete Tiki Tours, it's a boat tour, and uh, good people, and go out and hand, hang out with them. Tom, that's something you ought to do. All that drinking I do? Yeah, you know, <laughs> getting, out, getting out there lushing it up as you do. As long as I have my own sweet tea, I'll be all right. Yeah, that, that's, I've never known you to be much of a, a hoocher. Uh, speaking of great things to do with the family, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the Panfish Challenge is coming up again this year. It's on Saturday, June 19th at the Panavista Vista Lodge. If you have not registered uh, yet, you might want to do this as quickly as possible because it does fill up pretty quick. And if you register now, it's $25 per boat, not per person, but per boat. And uh, on the day of, it's $35. It'll cost you 10 bucks more. But speaking of the boats, if you call early, that way you can go ahead and reserve a pontoon boat or a John boat or something there so you have one. If you don't have one, you'll have one when you get there Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. You don't own a boat, you can go reserve a boat, you can, you can go out and take the family out. And it's a beautiful little lake, and it's a great time. Now, Tom, you've never been there for the tournament. but I Bart, have not. Bart has been there uh, last year yep. and the year before. Yeah. Last year he actually came straight over from work, came straight over from the Little Lamb, 
dog butt tired, came stumbling in at around 3 o'clock in the morning, making more noise than a rhino in a china shop. But that's what you always told me to do whenever I come home. Don't come in sneaking. That's how you get the, that's how you get the pistol pulled on you. Well, th- th- that is true. But I'm just saying that... <laughs> Uh, and then got up the next day and, and did all the cooking for the uh, the Uncle John's pride sauces that yep. we had going out there, <clears throat> which, by the way, is donation only. You don't have to pay for it, so you get to eat and all that kind of stuff. But uh, if you're going to register, make sure you do it now. Go to uh, Facebook, or now you can actually go to panfishchallenge.com. That's panfishchallenge.com, and they have all the rules and regs and everything else like that. Uh, all right, therefore you can print them off and be good. Yeah. If you if, if if this is the first time you've ever heard of this, <clears throat> you haven't been listening to the show very long because this is the seventh year in a row that we've done this, and it's um, we started it out as a competition between Glenn and I to see who could catch more panfish on Panasofsky with his bait of choice, which was red wigglers, yep. Yep. and my bait of choice, which was spam. Right, and I actually outfished him. So that Spam was, is the magical bait. That was the original panfish challenge was me and Glenn going head-to-head on a rainy day. And I went out with a couple of listeners, and he went out with his airboat and his daughter. And uh, just because he gave up halfway through because it started raining, that's not my fault. I kept fishing through the rain, and I had my non-biased listeners that I had never met before, Jim and his wife, and who were there marking hash marks, how many fish I was catching. And it was something like 72, 73 fish, I think, yeah. on just nothing but spam. The spam, I mean, it, it not only does it work on, on panfish, it works very well with catfish and, uh, you know, the occasional bass. And depending on how you cut the bait, you can actually turn it into a pretty lively little jig that you can use on bass as well. Yep. But now what's funny is every year that we've gone up there since, me and my kids will be fishing on the dock with a can of Spam, and we look like tuna fishermen from the 1960s, where you're just dropping in a cane pole, hook, flip, hook, flip, hook, flip, hook. And all the other kids are putting crickets and red wigglers on going, what are y'all catching them on? Y'all using wigglers? What are you, uh, die crawlers? Spam. What? Spam. Mom? Next thing you know, the dollar store up the street, the only place to buy it up in uh, Panasonic is completely sold out of spam. <laughs> completely sold out of spam. And the best part of that is if you don't catch anything, you can always eat your bait. That's our dad right there. <laughs> I'm bringing a can of spam, half a loaf of bread. If you catch, don't catch anything, cut off the slice, put it between two pieces of bread, you got yourself a sandwich. Yep. All right, can't do that with Red Wigglers. It's well, the, you could. Uh, it wouldn't be delicious. <laughs> Dude. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll talk more about it when we get back from break. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. God's honest truth. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Barton Blair, Tom Free, and Diego hanging out with you live here in the studio. Uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit more about the Panfish Challenge coming up here, and uh, we were informing Tom because he'd never been there before. He's never been up there to the uh, Panfish Challenge and seen the carnage that we lay waste on those fish up there, but it's 
it's a lot of fun. And I will give props to Bart because it was two years ago that he introduced me to the Gamagatsu uh, size 10 circle hook that yep. is a complete game changer when it comes to brim fishing. Yep. It, it, it hooks them in the corner of the mouth or right at the top of the lip every single time. So you don't have that gold hook swallow, you know, halfway down the gullet. And you're, uh, who's got some needle nose pliers? And you're trying to dig this thing out of there and all that kind of stuff. And I I tell you, last year, we were catching brim so big that that little circle hook, they would inhale the whole thing, and it would catch on the roof of their mouth and the palate of their mouth, but would not penetrate. And you know how a circle hook has that little tiny little bend nipple right on the very end of it? That was enough with a cane pole that as long as you lifted and kept tension on it, it would hold it in their mouth. <laughs> and as soon as they hit the dock, blam, the hook would fall right out of their mouth. And uh, that mixed with the, the super secret cut for the, for the spam, dude, it is a brim killer. Yeah, it, is, it, is, it, is a, it is a brim catching machine. Yeah, really? I, I, the only reason why I thought of that, the number 10 circle hook, I, you know, obviously I was going, you know, buying some new tackle, getting ready for that. I had a two-year-old. Where did you even find those in the first place? Because as soon as he found them yeah, and gave me some, I ordered immediately a ton of them at, uh, for G5, and they fly off the shelves. Uh, there's two different sizes. I think you have a 10 and a, an 8. Yeah, it was a 10. A little bit bigger, eight. 8 for a crappie or something right, like that. Yeah. But, but that 10, I don't remember where I was. I think it was probably one of the big box stores or something like that and uh, just happened to be walking by and, you know, Walking by, you know, the two-year-old dad with dad, you know, pointing, and he wants to play with all the lures, and I just happen to stop. We're like, hold, hold on a second, son, hold on. I know how you can catch all the fish in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a, as a two-year-old, he doesn't really understand how to set the hook. You know, it's, it, so you oh, put yeah, a, you perfect. put a nice decent-sized bobber on there, put a decent-sized bobber on there, and that nice and that number ten circle hook with the super secret cut of spam, um, the bobber does the work. That's right. Once they pull on it, it's it's already it's a done deal. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, because when you're tarpon fishing, they always tell you with a circle hook, you know, it's just real, 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 because you got to keep that tension on there. But with a decent-sized bobber, as soon as they get that spam in their mouth and they, they go to go, blank, they've already hooked themselves. Yeah. They don't even know it. And you just lift, and there you go. It's and right that, there. That's what it would turn into. It would be real, 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 real. You know, <laughs> otherwise, you know, be like, slow it down. Now reel until you feel. Uh, no, none of that. It was just, you got to fish on real, real. Pull. Reeling, pull. Reeling. Pull. Yeah. Pull. Well, uh, you're going to get your chance to do it. Before the break, I wanted to mention a little bit more about the Panfish Challenge, which is happening on Saturday, June the 19th. Uh, Cabin rentals are going to be going in full bore, so if you want to rent a cabin, now would be the time to call and uh, reserve your cabin so that you're there. And let's not forget that you can go out there and win yourself some pretty decent money. First place, 500 bucks. Second place, 300 bucks. Third place, $200. Fourth place, $100. Fifth place, $50. Heaviest bluegill, $100. Heaviest shellcracker, $100. So in reality, if you have the first place and the heaviest two fish, you can win yourself $700 for the day. I mean, seriously, you can walk away with some pretty good cash for a day without catching brim. I mean, think about it. You get in now, that's a $25 investment to make 700 bucks if you know what you're doing. Well, and, and the good thing about this tournament is, like I said before, if you get a pontoon boat and you got six people in your family, all six of them are eligible to throw the fish into a pot. 
Yeah. Or if you want to do it individually, you could do it that way. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You can do what you got to do as long as you're on a team. Yep. You'd have to separate into teams to do that. It'd be like Team Bart with, with his three kids and Tom Free with Tom Team Free with his him, two daughters, and we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, weigh them individually and see if you get a chance to do it. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's all going to be uh, money raised that we donate to Everyday Blessings every year. And also the FFA up there with the Sumter Middle uh, FFA. <clears throat> and uh, who else gets it? Lake Panasofsky Elementary. Yeah. So it's it's the money goes right back in. We don't keep anything. Yeah, it goes straight to the community. The only yeah. thing that we keep is if we have any leftover uh, uh, rods or reels or baits or anything like that, we keep it to donate for the next year so that we have more and more yep. and more stuff to give away. Because every kid that comes up there gets a free rod. Gets a free bucket, uh, free baits, lures, hooks. I mean, those kids walk away with like 60 bucks worth of stuff, man, every time. Yeah. And I don't care if it's five kids or 150 kids. They all get it. That's and, awesome. And so they all walk away with some good stuff. And by the end of the day, they don't care how many fish they caught because they all got free stuff anyway. This <laughs> it is doesn't true. really matter. But uh, that's just one of those things that we kind of started on a lark. And once we got up there and started talking with uh, – uh, Mr. Jim and his daughter and his dad when he was alive, um, they were like, you know, we, we should turn this into a tournament. We should invite people to come up and do this. I it mean, gets, And it gets bigger and bigger every single year. Yeah. I told Jim one year, I said, uh, what are you going to do when we have about 100 boats show up for this thing when we start doing this and we get 100 boats to start showing up? He goes, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, uh, what do we have, 70... How many boats did we have last year? 73, yeah, 70, like 75? I think there were 75 registered and 73 showed up. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's getting up there. And, uh, and this year with, you know, everything everybody's been through with the COVID and the quarantining and all that, people are, are looking to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. You you might hit that 100 boats. We, we, we got lucky last year because that was like right, right at the beginning of about the third month into the whole COVID thing. And uh, luckily, it's all outside. So, you know, there's nothing indoors whatsoever. It's under a big, giant tent. Everybody stayed out, spaced out, staying in the bright sunshine. And uh, we all had a great, healthy time. And all the kids had a wonderful time. And I've told people a million times, you bring your kids up there and just take their shoes off and turn them loose. You don't have to worry about sticker burrs or broken glass or bottles or drunks out there or people driving through too fast or any of that stuff. It's one of those places where you can literally go, where are the kids? Oh, they're not at the dock fishing. Oh, okay. And you don't have to worry about yeah. it. Because we're dealing with a bunch of country folk and stuff like that that are not afraid to look at you and go, hey, don't be getting on that, hanging on that rail, man. You're going to fall in there and bust your face. Okay, thank you, mister. <laughs> I mean, they're not doing it to be mean. They're doing it to make yeah, sure watch you don't out for, you know, watch, watch out. your kid. Or they'll be the one who walks and go. Is that your crazy kid over there getting ready to jump off the end of the dock? You know, he's getting ready to go swimming. Yeah, that was, yeah that's <laughs> all right. I told him it's okay because he's with their crazy uncle. <laughs> what? I didn't do anything wrong. I was just having him jump off the end of the dock. Next thing you know, the boat ramp turns into the Panasofsky swimming pool. Yep, pretty much. I mean, when he had a two-year-old, I mean, how is he supposed to teach him how to jump <laughs> off a dock? And you ain't keeping my kids out of water. Uh, you know, there's alligators out there. Well, we'll look for them. Yeah, that's the problem. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> the one that you see uh, is not the one you need to worry about. It's the one you don't see that you got to worry about. Although I did find the magic trick to get him out of the water pretty quick is go, hey, did you see that snake over there? <laughs> Was that a banded water snake or a moccasin? Next thing you know, they're out of, out of the water. <laughs> You think my kids would be smart enough to go? Well, was he floating or was he underwater? <laughs> they didn't hit the moment. Was he underwater? Or was he they floating? were in the moment? Oh uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> but that's all happening uh, Saturday, June nineteenth. Mark your calendars because it's going to be a lot yeah, of fun. Father's Day weekend. It's going to be a good time. It's a good time for dads too because they can relax, hang out, let the kids fish, do whatever they want to, and uh, then you can go down to Catfish Johnny's and get big and full and let Mama drive home. Yeah, I don't know about the mama driving home thing, but it's still, you can do all of those. Those uh, biscuits they got up there, the ones that Bill George's Ooh, that wife That sounds makes. good. You mean the, uh, was it the, the, the corn fritters? The corn fritters that uh, Bill George's like, wife makes him drive out of the way for? Yeah, they're like almost like a, a corn beignet. They are so delicious. Oh, listen to that fancy beignet. Yeah, I, mean, I do a, this for a living. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, he is a fancy smancy chef, so you know that's how it is. Well, speaking of fishing tournaments, you got your one that you do every year too. Well, yeah, is that uh, one coming up or is that well, canceled or what? Un- unfortunately, you know, because we deal with a lot of the cities, uh, you know, putting on our make a difference fishing tournaments, uh, COVID has kind of put a squash on uh, on those for the foreseeable future. Really? But, yeah, we look forward to getting back out there, but you know, it's just it, it's when you're dealing with the municipalities, you know, they're all about. Uh, Risk management. So you did you know. yours out of Clearwater, didn't you? Uh, well, the... you know, we had we would have one at uh, you know at uh, the Big Pier sixty, you know, first Saturday in October, uh, and uh, you know it just uh, it just didn't happen because you know uh, we we service a population that's at, that's at risk anyway, so it just uh, it just unfortunately didn't happen this year. Our grant program is still going strong. We're still you know fulfilling grants. We just haven't been able to get our kids out fishing. That sucks. What in my you know, What if you were able to space it out between different locations? Well, it's you know, it, uh, the, our our tournaments out at Pier sixty. Usually, we have somewhere between two and three hundred kids, yeah. plus siblings, plus caregivers. You know, the and this this you know, it's just it's one of those things that we risk versus reward. Did you get them on a pontoon boat? Because they're more than welcome to get their butts up there to the Panasonic. Uh, we you know, it's it's amazing. You know, the the these parents are networked in so well and. When they hear of an event, uh, they can overwhelm you pretty quick. <laughs> That's all right. Don't sing it. Bring it. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Taking a real quick break, you guys. Stay right there. We'll be back. Saturday morning to get out and go do some stuff. As a uh, Floridian, I would be staying away from the beaches. Two reasons. It's too darn cold. And number two, spring break. I got no reason to be there. Oh, I saw some interesting stuff on Monday. No reason to be there. Uh, Tom, I know this story came out this past week, and I wanted to bring it up while you were here because I know this is going to break your heart. Uh Uh-oh. But uh, lawmakers in North Dakota, which are usually uh, pretty... uh, 
pretty good about their laws when it comes to uh, hunting and fishing and all that stuff. They shot down a bill that's go- that was going to approve the uh, Blaze Pink Apparel for big game hunting. Well, there we go. Supporters say that the magenta hue could help recruit new enthusiasts to the sport, mainly females. And uh, while critics uh, charge that those with the green-red color blindness would not be able to discern <laughs> the hot pink gear, <laughs> creating a dangerous situation. So that's the reason why they're going to shoot down the bill to not allow bright pink camo. Over color blindness. Well, well now what am I going to wear? I don't know. That's why I was asking. I mean, it was one of, you know, years and years and years and years and years ago, they actually did a woods test. And believe it or not, the human eye picks up hot pink in the woods faster than it picks up blaze orange. Did you know that? Did not know that. It actually will detect it no matter what. And if it's blended in the back, your brain immediately associates that that is not something that's supposed to be in the woods. But to a deer, it's all gray. It's all light gray, and it's no big deal. So if you put it in a pattern where it's a leafy pattern with a pink background, it's actually safer than blaze orange. Because blaze orange, to a certain degree, if you get into some foliages, actually blends in. It, does, it depends on what's in front of Especially you. Especially in Missouri in the fall when those leaves are changing. E- exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how many times I'd call Jason or something say, where are you? And he goes, I'm down here in the creek bottom. And I say, where are you? And he goes, I'm right here waving. And I'm like, okay, I see your hand, but uh, dude, where's your orange? I'm wearing my orange. But he was behind all that red, green, uh, yellow stuff, and, and it just it broke it up enough to where you couldn't see it as well. So I know a lot of people are going to be heartbroken that uh, you're not going to be able to wear the uh, bright pink out in North Dakota. Oh, I just spent Sorry. my stimulus check for nothing. Then. You did. <laughs> that was wasted money. But in reality, the simple was is the woman who introduced it was because when she went to go, being a North Dakotian, mm-hmm. she was a big-time hunting girl. And when she went to go to her local <clears throat> hunting shop to buy camouflage, everything that was in the pink was not really cut for women it was considered to be kind of unisex okay so she thought that that was not fair and so she and the reason why when she talked to manufacturers they're like well it's you know we don't really make it for women kind of thing right and she was like well you should and they go well it's not allowed anyway so we can't do it she goes well let's see if we can't change that law so that's why she introduced the bill she gave it her gave it a try she gave it a try and it did not work uh, new mosquito now oh. we have in Florida. Hooray. <clears throat> Another invasive species to add to the long list of uh, things that we don't want here. Is it called the Cobosquito? Uh, no, it's got some weird Latin weird thing. It, it, does it transmit some new disease that we have to be scared of? Actually, it's one of the ones that actually transmits all kinds of good uh, diseases. So another one that Thank we goodness. have there. Yeah. Uh, they said that they have found this one by the old-fashioned ways of the traps and things like that. Looked down under a microscope and went, hey, have you guys ever seen this one before? Well, that looks like a new one. And it's not a new one uh, where it comes from, but it's a new one here. It's called Ardeus scarascopularius or something like that. Uh, but, of course, it's been found in two South Florida counties, Miami-Dade and Broward. Shocker. Of course. Yeah. Shocker. It could also be found in the Caribbean, Latin America, Brazil, uh, all those kind of places. It likes to carry things like uh, Venezuelan equine encephalitis, 
uh, yellow fever, which we had to go through here in Florida back in the 1800s, which was not pretty, and a handful of others, which they did not list. But it's been more of a century since we had yellow fever out here in the state of Florida. But uh, the outbreaks of Zika, which I think we've all seemed to have forgotten that, uh, you know, we had the Zika Skeeter and uh, all those kinds of things that are now. But now they say that the mosquitoes may now spread along the Florida Gulf and Atlantic coasts. You think? Probably already here. <clears throat> and by the time they found it down there, chances are wow. they were already up here in somebody's car. But this mosquito, the difference is, is this kind of mosquito likes to live indoors. Oh, perfect. It likes to be where you are inside. It likes to feed on both birds and especially people. And if you end up with this species, it's capable of transmitting to birds and then into humans. Then you get the spillover events. And scientists believe that the COVID-19 pandemic is a result of a spillover event involving bats or other animal species. Not here in the United States. Originated somewhere else. We don't want to get in any trouble, so let's just go with Chicon flu. Okay? Okay. So that's what they're worried about. And, of course, the mosquito, I love this. They always got to include this in here. International trade, they think that's one of the reasons why it got here. Again, shocker, it starts in Miami. Uh, Global trade. And, of course, last but not least, what's the big one? The big reason why the mosquitoes are here? Uh, It's warm and humid. Climate change. Oh, uh, yes. Of course, it's global, it all, global that's warming. That's what I meant by warm and humid. Yeah, it goes all. It all goes back to uh, climate change, international trade, global trade, and climate change. And uh, according to this, Mr. Reeves, ten new species of non-native mosquitoes have been found in Florida since 2000, and more are on the way. So, again, <laughs> if you've been listening to the show for any length of time. If you have not invested in a thermocell, perhaps you should invest in a thermocell. So, so, yeah. as lo- so along with all the Californians, New Yorkers, people from the Northeast migrating to Florida, we now have 10 different new kinds of mosquitoes. <laughs> and they were like, yes. yeah. Florida's open. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's uh, all, all the invasive species yeah, all are coming the invasive to Florida. Species. That's a good word. Are coming uh, from here. The closest that the uh, mosquito previously has been found, of course, was in Cuba, which is 90 miles away, of course, if you don't know, from Florida. But I don't think it made the trek by itself uh, 90 miles. Uh, it would be kind of even hard for a, a mosquito. So just so you know, uh, be able to look out and buy yourself a nice uh, thermosil if you're going to be out in the woods farting around out there. And speaking of bugs, I know we have a lot of folks who run dogs, big dog hunters, big dog owners. Uh, I know uh, uh, Mr. Tom Free is a big fan of the uh, big yellow lab, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, named after the nefarious uh, hunting yep. duo, yep, Bonnie my, and Clyde. My juvenile delinquent yellow labs. Uh, you've probably seen the uh, commercials for the uh, Soresto. Mm, yeah, large dog, uh, dog protectant collar. It's one of the top selling flea tick collars in America. Is now being linked to the deaths of nearly uh, seventeen hundred uh, pets, dogs and cats uh. that they put the collars on. So if you have one or you uh, have used one or are thinking about, you might want to talk Throw to your vet away. or yeah, 
put it in the landfill somewhere <laughs> or burn it like we do in Pinellas County. But uh, look for signs of seizures, like epileptic-type seizures. Uh, and once the dogs, sad to say that most of these dogs that have developed these seizures-type things, it does not go away. So it's affected oh. them neurologically it's somehow. Not, so, yeah, so, so it's not just the, me- the whatever the, the medication. The chemical the, or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, they've had they put it on cats, and uh, they've uh, found uh, – found them dead two days later you know out in their living rooms uh so you've got to uh be very careful about these kinds of things it actually contains two different pesticides to design to ward off fleas and ticks uh of course the retailers and the people who own it say that it's safe but uh the documents that have been submitted to the government by a nonprofit group show that more than seventy-five thousand incidents have been reported to the epa since its introduction in 2012, everything ranging from sl- uh, skin irritations to seizures and uh, death. Uh. So, uh, again, I'm one of those people who kind of believe in the uh, preventative thing that if you're going to put some stuff on your dog, then uh, look for something that's a little more natural, like the products that we used to carry uh, that we talked about with the uh, bite that's the neem oil type stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff is a mm-hmm. miracle. Uh, I know guys that, you know, Most quail dogs, hog dogs, running dogs and stuff, they live in outdoor kennels. So a lot of them develop heartworms because of mosquitoes. They just basically become giant feeding blood baths for for the mosquitoes in the state of Florida. But they have found that if they start using uh, some of the neem oil products, spray their dogs down with it, or even around the cages of it, that stuff keeps them away like it's radioactive. And it's, it's totally natural. And uh, it doesn't smell the greatest unless you buy it where it's blended right. uh, with uh, coconut or whatever, like the one that we used to uh, we used to talk about that had the it, it smelled like Hawaiian Tropic. I mean, literally, you would not even think of it as a as a bug spray. Right. And uh, a lot of the equine people were starting to use it on their horses to keep yellow flies off of from driving nuts around their ears and eyes and you know uh, around the tail section things like that. Nice. So there's other things you can put on your dog that smell really good, that's not bad, and uh, instead of this thing. So if I had this collar and it was going on my dog, uh, I'd take Tom Free's advice and put it right in the receptacle yeah, and not do anything. Just a little uh, public service announcement from here at the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're going to take a break. Brought to you by the uh, good folks over at Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Stay here. Dressed like pirates and nicotine has soaked their brains. Uh, by the way, I want to give you the uh, name. It's uh, Bodyguard. Bodyguard is the uh, the uh, noceum spray that we were talking about. Bodyguard Ultimate Noceum Defense. This was actually developed by a guy who owns a restaurant down south and uh, his family. 
he owns a restaurant down by the water on Sanibel. And as you know, if you've lived here any length of time, you put a restaurant next to the water, next to the mangroves. And what happens when the sun just starts to go down? You get eaten. Alive. Those noceums will find every nook and cranny and hair follicle on your entire body, including your eyelids. And uh, I don't know how something so minuscule can cause so much uncomfortableness in a body is unbelievable. They are so tiny, but yet when you when they you feel them actually get to that point where it's like a cigarette burn, you feel it, and then all of a sudden it gets to a point where it's like, hey, come on, man. <laughs> It's, it's like a slow burn. And uh, so while he and his wife were vacationing uh, some island, I think it was Jamaica or somewhere or whatever, and uh, they were sitting out by the beach, and they noticed that there were no mosquitoes around them. And they asked the people who worked, they said, why, why are there no mosquitoes around here? Do you have, like, uh, you know, CO2 machines around here? You know, those sucker dealio things? And they're like, no, it's the neem trees that we have here, the natural oils and stuff from the yeah, trees keep the, all the mosquitoes away. And he was like, are you kidding me? These trees right here are what doing it? He goes, yeah. So they came back, did some research, found out you could buy the oil, and they started doing a blend because neem tree oil has a very pungent kind of smell to it. Mm -hmm. And so when he did a blend, he blended it with uh, coconut oil and a couple other little uh, lemongrass yeah, lemon yeah, and some oil. What's and this uh, Joe, Jojoba, Jojoba oil? Are you wait? Are you on the same one as me? Yep. And uh, so it's all natural it, ingredients. I like that. So when you open it up and you actually smell it, it smells like Hawaiian Tropic. I mean, uh, the old Hawaiian Tropic, and when, nobody will not spray that. So I mean, you could put it on all over the place. Uh, Bart's wife and his children are literally. If you want to get mosquitoes out of your yard, just go put them somewhere in the yard, and every one of them will go straight to them. That's, this is true. <laughs> they will. Yeah. They will. They will literally take every mosquito off of everybody else to go straight so, for so them. All you so all you have to do is hang out with people that the mosquitoes find more delicious than you, and you're, That's true. you're good. And uh, I got him a bottle of it, and uh, she loves it because she's a big natural uh, ingredient person, and you don't. Hose yourself down with it like you would with Off or Deet or, uh, you know, any other product that you have to do. You spray a little bit in your hands, you rub them together, and you just kind of rub your hands over your bare skin. And I've actually just sprayed it on my hands and gone over my head and neck and everything, and, dude, they're gone. Yep. And it works on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, uh, yellow flies. Uh, house flies don't seem to like it either. And uh, now... Uh, I talked to him uh, a while back, and I said, you would not believe how many people are buying this stuff for their horses. You need to look into getting this into the agricultural world where, you know, either you're spraying your cattle with diazinon or diazepan or, uh, you know, whatever. Um, you know, if you're trying to raise grass-fed only beef, a natural product on there would be perfect for that. And last time I talked to him, he was already doing um, uh, testing at two different cattle ranches. So... It's uh, another, obviously, if them cowboys can be convinced that the stuff works, everybody else will do it, too. I and, mean, and are you carrying this out at G5? We carry the smaller bottles. I think we're out of it right now because with spring being sprung, uh, everybody's already bought it all. And then they were bringing the big 16-ounce bottles, and those were all the horse people. They'd buy it and use it for their horses. And, uh, again, we'd have to tell them, spray it on a cloth and then wipe it on your horse. Don't. 
hose them down. That's no. just a waste. You, yeah. All it takes is a little dab will do you, and it, and it works really good. But if you wanted to use something like this uh, this time of year, uh, you can order it online. You can just do it straight through uh, Bodyguard. Uh, what is it? Bodyguardspray.com. And uh, get it right there through them, and they'll ship it straight to your house, and it's all good. As a matter of fact, when I mentioned to him about using it on horses, he said, you know, it's funny you say that because I have a lady who's ordered three cases uh, in Sweden. And he said, what do you, do you have mosquitoes? Is that bad in Sweden? She goes, no, I use it on my, on my horses. It keeps all the flies and mosquitoes off the horses. And he kind of went, okay. Now I'm starting to hear something here that yeah. this actually does work when Getting it comes to horses. So, but the good thing is, is, since it's all natural, guess what else you can put it on? Cats. And, you know, cats are really sensitive to that kind of stuff because they lick themselves clean, whereas dogs only lick certain, certain parts, parts where they're not hosing them their entire bodies. So for those guys who were running dogs, they started buying the big bottles, and they would spray it either on their dogs or around the cage, around just getting it in the area is enough to keep them away yeah. from, the, from the animals. On their bedding, places like that where they lay down is where they would, they would spray it. Nice. And, and it works. So if you want to try it out, Tom, go for it. I suggest it. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I worked with him trying to get an earth scent. I said, dude, if you could get this in an earth scent. Great that it smells like tro Hawaiian Tropic, but no hunter wants to be out in the woods going, man, I, I should be out at the beach right now. Huh. You know, I should be smelling huh. like the I smell like the beach and everything else. So he, he worked on one, and he came up with it, and it, it smelled more like, uh, like coffee. Like kind of like a burnt coffee smell, which I could live with, which I yeah. didn't. I didn't think was all that some bad. Of those, some of those other repellents, man, the smell just about knock you over along with the mosquitoes. Well, the other thing is, is that if you're using this out in the boat, where ninety percent of it you're spraying yourself when you're in noceum territory around mangroves and stuff, that stuff gets on any of your lures or any of your baits. Oh, you're done. It, it melts every dang thing in the tackle yeah. box. I don't know how many times that you, hey, there's a. There's a bottle of off down there in the bottom of my tackle box. You want to get it out, and then you go in there, and it's like, dude, you know, all your worms are like melted into your your hard baits here, and there's no paint left on your hard baits or anything like that. What? Damn, I paid fifteen dollars for that lure. Yeah, you're gonna you're you know, gonna put that on your skin. And now, yeah, sure, you just spray it all over yourself, and uh, now it's on your hands and on the lures and everything else. Uh, that's that's not a good thing. So. Uh, again, if you would like to uh, try it, I would say go for it. It's been endorsed by at least two people in the room. A bodyguard bug spray, bodyguardbugspray.com. It's good stuff, and it is uh, not going to hurt you. No, and it doesn't natural. make your lips go numb. <laughs> oh, God. A yeah. bonus. <laughs> Don't you remember that when Dad yeah. used to go, all right, take a breath and close your eyes. And you go, <gasps> and he hose down your face, and then you're like, <laughs> Trying to breathe, and then about ten seconds later, I can't feel my lips. <laughs> my lips are numb. I, 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 I can't feel my can't feel my face. I learned to tuck the lips in. Uh, you do that after uh, you've been sprayed two or three times. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, you got to learn it the hard way. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Be, you know how things work. Uh, also, I wanted to uh, put out one of these other ones. What was this other story I had in here besides the pink camo one? I forgot. Uh, what was this one? No, nah, this is not it. Is it that one? 
No, no. it was about uh, the NRA. It was an episode I was going to say on Netflix that everybody was screaming and yelling about, but I don't want to get into that whole political side of it. Ugh. Did you hear that uh, there was um, uh, an NRA episode of Jesus carrying out a mass killing, having uh, all that stuff, uh, you know, Paradise PD? Or something like that? No, I don't. I mean, I don't watch Netflix. So I, I don't. I don't either. Someone sent me that one. Said, "Dude, have you seen this?" And I kind of looked at the story, and I was like, "Well, maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't, <laughs> because eh, this is probably not something I want to deal with on the show." I mean, it's all it is is just it's it's. I mean, I call all of this stuff like basically propaganda. It's 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 making people think a certain way because of something they saw on television. But now uh, this one here, uh, Bill George did want me to mention this one. We talked about it a little bit on last week's show. Uh, in case you do not know, if you're new to the area, this time of year is the time of year when you have alligators that are going to be moving around. Yep. And for a guy who owns GMB Gator Gear, who is a big-time uh, gator hunter himself, uh, we just wanted to make sure that you know that, uh, as the FWC always puts out, something like coexisting with coyotes or coexisting with fire ants. Well, now they've come out with a new one, coexisting with alligators. The twenty-five foot rule. Yeah, and uh, I love this one. And this is this is not made up, and this is absolutely true. Bart will tell you. Tom will tell you. Probably Diego will tell you. Just because you were at the lake yesterday, and you didn't see an alligator, oh, yeah. doesn't mean that there's not an alligator there today. Yeah. And maybe there for a week or two until he decides to move on to somewhere else if there's no food or someone bigger and better than he well, is. All of us who you know who have grown up here, we we, we grew up knowing if if a body of water is larger than a bathtub, there's probably an alligator in it. <laughs> and 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 now we are getting all these influx of you know people from out of state who've never lived in an area that have alligators and and have no idea you know especially in the spring. The danger, you know, that you put yourself in, or your pets, if you're walking along the edge of water, because we all like we all like to be near the water, but uh, so so do some of our uh, larger uh, Florida residents. Yeah, because you got to understand, they live, eat, breed, and and uh, feed in those same areas where we may drive to some fancy restaurant. They don't have that opportunity. So, right. uh, as they said, one of the recommendations is people, of course, should only swim during the day. And in designated areas, but pets should never swim. And there's been many instances and plenty of uh, social media video to prove the uh, point to where when you let Skippy yeah. uh, decide to run out and get a stick somewhere, uh, sometimes they don't come back. The, yeah. the, uh, the ranch that uh, I turkey hunted uh, last week, uh, you know, uh, 36,000 acres. They've got, you know, around 10,000 head of cattle. Uh, a couple of years back, the property owner was there inspecting cattle with, uh, you know, the ranch manager, and he brought his wife's new fluffy little lap dog with him for some reason. And they were out inspecting cattle. The dog hopped out of the truck and proceeded to try to swim across one of the creeks. Mm-hmm. Made it about halfway. Could you imagine having to go home and explain to your wife that her precious new little baby fluffy lap dog uh, is uh, now an alligator snack. Uh, that would be a bad day. <laughs> I would I would have packed up my stuff, moved to another state, and started over. Well, and and uh, as they'll point out, just because your animal is on a leash Doesn't next matter. to the uh, water, that, that piece of rope means absolutely nothing to that dinosaur. He will take it right out of your hands. Be safe, everybody, everybody. Have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day. Go out and enjoy it. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll see you next Saturday starting at 7 a.m. It's brought to you by Brandon Ford. See you guys.